And so Jim's going to share the word with us today. He's going to talk about becoming or building a godly home. So would you give it up for Jim McKite? Well, good morning. Boy, what a privilege it is to be here. Uh, you probably know that Joe and I came a long ways, literally halfway around the world almost. Um, so thankful for the invitation. Thanks for your blessing us. We look forward to making a contribution uh, in any way possible while we're here, and hopefully one that cont- continues on for several, several years after. I bring you greetings from my family in Iowa. I have a wife of 31 years. Yeah, I know that she could get up with me that long, right? <laughs> but but uh, we have two daughters, um, Elizabeth, who's 27, and our daughter Lauren, who's 25. They both have um, degrees in accounting and finance, respectfully, and are both employed and out of the house, right? <laughs> okay, so praise God, right? Praise God. Uh, anyway, I am I am so glad that my wife and I, uh, with the Lord leading us, um, were able to raise two godly young women who are now using what God has taught them to influence others. So I encourage you, wherever you are, whoever you are, wherever you are with your walk with Christ, look forward to what you can be doing in the future and how you can impact the lives of others as you go along. Well, like Pastor said in my introduction, my name is Jim McCright. I was born and raised in Texas, went to Iowa, which if you don't know, is right about in the middle of the country. Uh, it's very cold, <laughs> and uh, we typically get about 30 inches of snow a year. So it's not awful, but it's not great. Uh, so so, so um, I've been practicing law for more than 30 years. Right now, I, uh, I do criminal defense work. So someone's arrested. I used to say dumb people doing dumb things. The more I did it, I found out that smart people do dumb things. Okay, so <laughs> that's right. You know, it doesn't matter. It's, for whatever reason, they wind up. I use that as an opportunity when I'm able, when they're open, to witness to them as much as I can. Just a lot of times, if the if it's a young offender, if you will, I'll just look at him and say, "Okay, you're out of this now," but I don't ever want to see you here again. I hope it sticks, you know, because I really don't. I don't want to repeat customer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so anyway, um, as Pastor alluded to, Joe and I have been best friends since, uh, oh, uh, let's say a long time ago, more than 50 years. Uh, yeah, so ever since we were five. Thanks, Zion. <laughs> but um, we grew up together. Best of friends, remain that today. And um, just, uh, I think we have a photo of when we were really, really young, not the obnoxious one that was just up on the screen. But um, yeah, still have hair. It got, it got, yeah. I'm sorry, I should have cleared that up. Yeah, notice who's working, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's me. So um, yeah, and I took it. To his head later on, <laughs> which explains a lot. Um, anyway, it's it's. I want to encourage you. Um, if you don't have a relationship with someone that you can be totally transparent with, and just just 
after 50 years, we know what we're thinking. We finished each other's sentences. It's almost like twins, but you can tell I'm so handsome. <laughs> we couldn't. We couldn't. Right? I'm just saying what the Lord puts on my heart, Pastor. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Is that picture down? Good. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about, I just want to have your attention for just a few minutes, okay? In this day and age, what I've come to find out, what I continually hear as a problem is the destruction of homes. And that is the family unit as we know it, as what, I'll say the traditional family unit. Nowadays, when 50 years ago, traditional, mother, father, children, gone, okay? I'm well aware of that. But there are people who still are in the traditional family unit, yet they're not able to maintain or continue leading their family or each other as they should be in building a godly home. So I do have a couple of points I want to bring up that would be for everyone, Um and then I'll get to children's responsibilities, women's responsibilities, husband's responsibilities. So um, let me just encourage you, first thing, be consistent, okay? A family needs consistency, all right? As a lawyer, I only get to deal with the facts, what happened, and, they, and then we apply the law, okay? The law is very rigid and it's very consistent. So you tell me what happened, I'll look at the law, and I can pretty much predict the outcome. If your family members can't do that in any certain circumstance, if they don't know what to expect when a situation arises, then that's inconsistent. And it really messes with your brain because you thought you were going to get one result, and yet someone else, you know, and, and Maybe the same things happen again, and you get a different result. So be consistent. Be consistent to your spouse and your children. Be consistent towards them in your attitude. If you were angry the last time something happened, it's okay to be angry this time. But you need to see some improvement, okay? I'll give you that. We expect improvement. But the consistency needs to be there because... Can you imagine a child or a spouse, one time a situation occurs and, you know, there's little or no result, uh, or, and then the next time it occurs and the individual's angry. So you need the consistency to your spouse and your children in your expectations that you set for your spouse, for your children, in your discipline. Okay, wait. Now this is for Discipline of children only. Do not discipline your spouse. That's that's not gonna. Don't say I said that. All right. It's for be consistent in your discipline. If you sat in the corner last time, you sat in the corner this time. If it's more punitive than that, it's you know the same. Just go ahead. And then again, have rules for your house. Explain them thoroughly. Explain them completely, and everybody's on the same page. Okay, just like me, when I pick up the law book, the, the, the prosecutor, the guy bringing the charges, the state, and the judge, and I, we all play by the same rule book. 
So the judge doesn't throw something to me I'm not expecting because I got the book right in front of me. So have some rules for your home. If you don't have any rules, my first question is, why not? If you need rules, where should we get them? Easy enough, right? Right here. Okay, you don't have to go further than that. I'm telling you, the Bible deals with every situation that will ever present itself in your life. It's our job as parents and even as children to find out what the Bible says about anything. That's the, that's the, that's the absolute starting place. Again, just like I pulled down the law book, pull out your Bible. What, well, let's see what God has to say about this. And that's how you need to go on. So the consistency is going to help your family greatly. And it's consistent from parent to child and from child to parent and from spouse to spouse. Um, the last thing on the, oh, be consistent in your comp- commitment to Christ and to the church. If you've committed as a volunteer, well, one, be consistent in your walk with Christ. Okay? If you're not saved, you've got to take care of that preferably before you go home. And be consistent in your, if you volunteer to the church, show up. If you made, if you, if you made a commitment, honor that commitment. Because guess what? The commitment's not here. It's not to Tim. The commitment's to God. So when you make that commitment, you know, do all things as if under the Lord. And that's this is no different. So you're be consistent in your commitment to Christ and to the work at the church that you should be doing. Um, the last thing on consistency would be be consistent to your commitment to maintain and build your character. As a Christian, because if you're not progressing, if you're not going on with your walk with Christ, you're going backwards. Okay, there is no there is no standstill. You don't get saved and say, well, I'm a Christian and praise God. If the Lord comes right now, I'm going to heaven. Okay, but what are you doing for everything else that you should be? What what contribution are you making now that you receive Christ? We have an obligation to share that with others. And it doesn't have to be standing up here in front of the platform or worshiping, or uh, it's just whatever God calls you to do. So once that happens, just be consistent. Your walk with Christ will continue. You will grow as a, in, in your character, and you will be able to share that with others. Okay, so let's get specific, all right? Individually, every family member has a responsibility to contribute to having a godly home, men, women, and children. Now, I know that a lot of children this morning are out there doing their own thing. Okay, so I just want to touch on this a couple. It's mostly for parents, so you can take this to your children and say, this is what your responsibility to this home is. And it comes down to one word, obey. (laughs) All right? (laughs) I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it, but, you know, honor, obey your mother and father so that you may live long in the land which the Lord has given you. Exodus 20.12. Ephesians 6.1. Children. Obey your parents, for it is right to the Lord. Um, and then the last one, Colossians 3.20, Children, obey your parents in everything, for it pleases the Lord. So you see the theme developing here, but I will tell you, as we cover the rest of the material, children have the easy part, okay? And that's okay, because that's where they are. It's our responsibility to grow and train them 
and nurture them and so that they can live out Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the ways of the Lord, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Huge responsibility for us as parents. Okay, so how to build a godly home as a woman. Now, I'm short on experience here, but I am married to a woman. <laughs> so, And I will say that in our 30, 31 years, she has consistently demonstrated love and compassion and excellence um, to our family and to me and to others around her. So she makes a contribution in that order, typically. But um, let me just cover three things, all right? The women, you have three things. Remember this later, men. Uh, <laughs> just, just start thinking about that, all right? Um, number one, seek God in all things, okay? Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you. Or James 1.5, if any among you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously without finding fault. Isn't that wonderful? Because, I mean, you know, our Heavenly Father is a lot like us parenting our children. And I don't know of any parent that would legitimately turn a child away for asking a question. I mean, you give generously to them. You want the best for them. God is good and He does good in our lives. So, um, seek God first in all things. How many things? All things. Have a decision to make? Seek God. Have a financial problem? Seek God. Have problems in a relationship? Seek God. Have problems on the job site? Seek God. See a theme developing here, right? It's pretty easy. So, number one for a woman, seek God. Not bad if you're a man, you can do that too. I'd encourage it. Number two, become more beautiful. I'm saying that, all right. I'll get to it. Before you become more beautiful, definitions are important. So you need to determine what is beauty in the eyes of the world and what is beauty in the eyes of God. That's your starting point, not what you see on the billboards or on television. So, physical beauty declines. You can't get around it, okay? And women try really, really hard, okay? <laughs> Men were like, eh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> so, but, so they go and they get the facelift, right? Then they, they come out looking like this, okay? Or they get a tummy tuck, or they get beauty cream, or whatever. Guess what? As soon as they get that done, it starts all over again. The decline. You can't maintain it. Look at the pictures we just saw, okay? <laughs> you can't maintain, oh, I don't know, hair, for example. So, so my question is, instead of investing in things that wither and decline and go away, why not invest in Eternal things. Um, why not invest in a deeper walk with Christ? Your commitment to Christ. What does that take? What does that look like? Well, maybe you need an additional um, few minutes in your prayer life. Maybe you need to get up a little earlier to read the Word. 
Maybe you need to get associated with a mentor or someone that can pour into your life so that you later can pour into someone else's life. Because it's not about, it's not about a, you know, being a drain so that all the faucets pour into you and you just collect it. It's about passing that blessing on. So that is how the Lord defines beauty. And that is how you should too. So, in addition to a deeper love for Christ, developing a deeper relationship with others. Just like Joe and I had, and I, I said earlier, we need to have a deeper relationship, a transparent relationship, with at least one person in our lives that can, at any point in time, hold us accountable. There used to be, oh, back in the day, now it sounds really old, used to be in a, in a small town, they called it refrigerator rights. So at any point in time, anyone in the neighborhood could walk in your front door, literally go to your refrigerator, pick out something, whether you're home or not, and take it to their house and enjoy it. They, yeah, right, sounds great, right? Where'd that go? I don't know. Uh, and I will point out that Joe frequently showed up at our house. My mom made cookies. <laughs> but he had that, he had that, um, refrigerator right of just coming in at any point in time and not only eating, but let's have a candid conversation. And it's not an accusation. It's not a confrontation. It's just a matter of, hey, I saw this going on in your life. You want to talk about that? You know, and that's okay. Because frankly, to not do anything when you see something, that's wrong. Do you love that person? Do you do you really love them? If you don't correct them or at least point out uh, a potential area of improvement in their life, or maybe it's sin, and you say, eh, you just, you know, you just can't let this go on. So, develop a deeper relationship with others is a part of an inner beauty that I think God requires and desires for us. Okay, the last one, women. Um, serve the Lord, the church, and your family. God made woman for man as a helpmate. Okay, that doesn't go over very well today because there's a lot of pushback of, well, women's rights and equality, you know, those types of things. But there's such a misinterpretation of Scripture that it's that really, if you're not able to defend that, a lot of times you may be thinking, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know, I, I am equal. I am. I should be, you know, leading this family maybe because... I can do it better. And frankly, a lot of times that's true for women. But that's not your role. And I didn't make the rules, okay? So it just, it's like, a, it's like a, a family is like a, like a band, okay? Everybody plays a different part. But there's one objective to make beautiful music. And that's what your family should work in concert. It's not a, it's not a, you know, and the word's very clear on this. It's not an authoritative role over a woman, a man's position. And, and and it's not a woman's position to be over a man. I mean, you take your covenant before God and you are joined as one. And you need to work at that as one. So this notion of, I don't know how to say this, this notion of, you know, I don't want my wife to succeed or I don't want her to do better than I. I mean, if you think that's not out there, it is. I mean, somebody's just not shooting you straight. But 
it needs to be a joint effort as far as moving together towards an objective. In this case, it's building a godly home. So, all right. Men. <laughs> um, let me just open up a scripture here first. Uh, this, I used to call this part three. Now I just call it um, the manly version. So, <laughs> um, and I'll just get it to it straight. It's not going to be pretty. You may not like what I have to say, but again, I didn't write this stuff, okay? I'm just telling you what's here. So, the, the, the reality is, the men's portion is longer. One, because I think we've delegated our duties or not been as attentive to our duties and our responsibilities as men leading a family as we should be. And two, we just need more help. Okay? In fact, the other day, my wife and I were having a conversation. Actually, we weren't having a conversation, but she thought we were. So, so it went something like this as we're watching TV. Um, I honestly don't think you heard a word I said. And I replied, that's a strange way to start a conversation. So, obviously I hadn't been paying attention, wasn't listening, and I got busted. So, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. All right. For men, number one, and it tends to hit men a lot harder than it does women, but I will just tell you, give your life to Christ. If, if you are not saved, there is no way you will lead your family to where it needs to be, to be an ultimate force in your neighborhood, your kids in school, you at the workplace, and your wife at home, or at her workplace. You have to be saved, because all the other things come after that. If you don't start there, I mean, it's a non-starter. You, you give your life to Christ fully and completely. You will never regret that. And I mean everything, everything in your heart, every sin, every hidden sin, every everything that you, you know, are, frankly, a lot of times men don't share because they're afraid. Okay? They're afraid that someone won't understand. They're afraid that someone will um, think that they're weak or think that they are lacking. And, you know, a lot of people look at me and say, well, you know, you're an attorney. You have a practice. You have a family. Why do you need God? Well, because I can't do this by myself, right? And I look at the, the example that Jesus left for us. It's just like, Boy, what a, what a leader. And he wasn't this macho guy with, you know, I don't know, you know, he, 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 except in the temple, never lost his cool, just meet fact with fact, respond accordingly to the situation. And that is a tempered response in the way men should lead their family. So back to the consistency. So give your life to Christ. Number two, make sure your house has a solid foundation. All right. So we're going to look at uh, 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 22. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some are for ignorable. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, 
he will be an instrument for the noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Okay? There's a lot there. Scripture. Um, there's a lot there. I'm going to pull just four things out of those two verses. Number one, as a man, you've given your life to Christ. Number one, get clean. Okay? Get clean. You, a man can be clean or unclean. That's the, that's the point of verse 20. In a large house, there are articles of not only gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are used for good. Some are used for not good or maybe not evil, but just things that don't matter. They don't matter. And the Lord says, when we get, if a man cleanses himself, gets clean, he will be made an instrument that is useful to the Lord's work and useful to, um, and uh, for his purposes and prepared to do any good work. Wow. Can you imagine any good work? There are a lot of good works. And frankly, I see this time and time again. When a man holds something back, a lot of times an opportunity to minister or to help others comes his way, but Satan shouts him down because he says, hey, you know about that thing? You can't do this because you're part of that. So how could you stand up and, and accuse others of just name it, okay, when that's been in, is in your life or has been in your life? So get clean so that no one can come against you and say, well, I remember when you did this and that. You just stand up and say, yeah, wasn't that stupid? You know, wasn't that foolish of me? But guess what? I made peace with God and he with me, and now I'm clean and I can be used for any good purpose. Okay, so number two, repent. If you get clean, you'll be made useful for a noble purpose. So God will prepare you um, after you get clean. Remember, repent is not just, I'm sorry, it's turn from. Okay? Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, we're sorry, because mostly, sometimes, I'm sorry I got caught in my sin. Right? Not I'm sorry and I want to turn from that. Not I'm sorry and I understand how damaging that is to me and the people around me. It's just, wow, I got caught. Repent. Turn from the opposite direction. If you have something in your life, you got to deal with it. If you need help, seek out someone in the church, a church leader, a close friend, and just share with them. Be vulnerable. That's the, that's the start. Because it's the people that don't tell you anything. You know Facebook, yeah? Boy, those people, they have great lives. That's all I know. They, they, they look just like the perfect family. Perfect. Oh, I had a wonderful day at the beach or whatever. They're, they're, they don't, it's like, uh, yeah, you know that's not true, okay? It, Noah's life is like that at all. Or all the time, I'll put it that way. So guess which, guess which side they show you? Pretty side, right? This is what I want you to see. Reality is, there's other things going on in everyone's life that needs to be dealt with. So men, get clean, repent. Number three, um, flee youthful passions. Verse 22, yeah. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Okay? So, 
when people hear the word passion, at least in the United States, a lot of times they think of um, uh, a strong desire, okay? They think of a strong desire for something, and this is telling us to leave youthful passions. So that can be, uh, I, I wrote down anything as a, a youthful desire is something that you might see from a child, selfishness, lying, ditching your responsibility, you know, not, okay, I didn't do my homework, okay? Why not? Because I wanted to do something I wanted to do, okay? In adult life, it looks like this. Yeah, I didn't take out the trash because I'm watching this show. Okay, really? No. Flee youthful passion. Now, a lot of times people think of the passion as a sexual thing. And I have a friend, and God called him out on um, in, in that area. And, um, I mean, a long time ago, I think pre-internet, okay? Because that didn't help anything at all. Pre-internet, there were men's magazines that would be published and put out on on the rack in the grocery store, for that matter. My friend, Fred Stoker, knew during college the exact day what publication was coming out and when he could go to the store and buy it. It's like, are you serious? Like, yeah, that was just where I was. And I said, well, what happened? He said, you know, I got married, and I thought, problem solved, right? No. Guess what he didn't tell his wife? I got a problem with pornography. So he's hiding something already going into the marriage. Years later, God dealt with him, and he knew that couldn't continue. He wrote a book called Every Man's Battle, and he wrote it for every man. Fred is a, oh, we've been friends for 25 years probably, maybe 30, and just a tremendous, tremendous witness on how God can free someone from an addiction. It doesn't have to be pornography. It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be self-centeredness. It can be, you know, the selfish desires that we have for ourselves. That can be an addiction. So my question to you this morning is, what if Fred hadn't responded? What if he said, yeah, I hear you, Lord, but I'm just going to do this anyway because it's just the one little, one little thing. It doesn't really matter. not really hurting anybody. Well, guess what? Fred would have lost out on a blessing. God would find someone else to do his work. We would still have that blessing, and the person that followed God's command that followed God's voice, that was inspired by the Holy Spirit and responded appropriately, that person would get the blessing. But as it is, Fred stepped up. He's written that book. He's written Every Young Man's Battle. His wife has written a book. I mean, and I'm not here to sell Fred's book. I don't have any of them with me, but I would encourage you, you know. It, it is called Every Man's Battle for a reason. And often, I will say, often it's something that women don't get, Okay. I mean, men are just hardwired, and um, women aren't. So they're like, stop being stupid. You know, what are you doing? And it's just, you know, I don't know. That's how God made me. Okay, well, get that under control, because that's really damaging our relationship. So, um, 
Number three. Oh, I'm sorry. This is still um, still uh, 2 20, 22. Okay, so we read about flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, and peace. Now, this is this is it. Along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Okay, key words there. Along with. So do this along with others who are doing it. Get involved in church. Get involved in a group. Get involved in somebody that can hold you uh, accountable. Because if not, I mean, you're just kind of floating along out there by yourself trying to find your own way. And it's not going to end well. I'm just telling you. So surround that. Get involved in, in church, volunteer. Um, limit what you allow to go into your mind. Prepare, even when you go out. Go out to the beach, you go to the mall, go to your workplace. You know, your eyes, you have to maintain control of that, man. You have to take captive every thought and see if it passes, you know, God's approval. Okay? So, a bad thought isn't a sin. Acting out is when that comes in. So, you, let, you entertain that long enough, eventually, you're, you're going to convince yourself that it's okay. And all the while, it's just a design to take you down, take down your family, to you know, ruin your life, basically. The devil's here for three things, kill, steal, and destroy. And he's indiscriminate. Doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, anywhere in between. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, number three for men, take stock in yourself. Believe in yourself here and now. It's not possible for a man to build a godly home if he doesn't feel good about himself. And by that, I mean, if he doesn't appreciate and value himself. And it's it's common for men to be so struck down by, well, I only have this kind of job, or I only have this education, or I, I don't know what to do, and I've made so many mistakes in the past. And we have an option to listen to those voices or to listen to what God says. So God sees you, us as a champion, as a victor, as an overcomer. Don't worry about what you've done in the past. God doesn't care. It's gone. In fact, you go and say, hey, remember that deal yesterday? God's like, not really, no. If you've asked forgiveness, it's gone. We're the problem, right? We don't forgive ourselves. Guess who brings that to our mind? It's not God. Satan. Oh, you failed at this before. Look, you sinned again. You're never going to overcome this problem. I'm telling you, throughout any day, there will be a lot of people that talk to you. But there's no one that's going to talk to you more than you do. Watch what you put into your mind and watch how you allow it to affect your life. Because if you see yourself as a failure, if you see yourself as someone who can't overcome a problem, if you see yourself as less than, you're on the path to becoming all those things. But if you see yourself as God sees you, then you have a healthy self-image, a healthy attitude. You're in a position to speak into other people's lives. And, and it's just a great feeling of confidence. But you have to work at it. So um, take stock in yourself. Believe in yourself. 
Um, and I want to remind you of First John 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Okay, it doesn't get much plainer than that. I, I see men, you know, there'll be an altar call, come down to the front, you want to give your heart to Jesus. I know they're not saved. Maybe you've even had a conversation with them. They don't budge. Pride. What will other people think? I don't need God. I can do this myself. All lies. All lies. There's, there's never a better place to be than in right standing with God. So, um, how are we on time? Okay. I, I was going to say, I've, you know, as I wrap this up, but everybody knows that doesn't mean a thing when you're a speaker, right? Um, so, uh, the next thing, number four, provide for those for whom you are responsible. Provide. First Timothy 5.8, if any man does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. Worse than an unbeliever. I'm not even sure I, I know how to explain that. But if you don't provide for your family as a man, we're called to do that. I don't know how you get around that. I, I do think a lot of times it goes back to the, we haven't dealt with the youthful passions. So we find it easy to say, you know, I could get a second job, but then I couldn't watch TV. Or I couldn't, maybe, maybe, maybe you make up this, I couldn't mow the lawn, I couldn't take care of things around the house. Okay, whatever you need to tell yourself. The reality is, we're called to provide for our family. Now, enough is not an amount. If you're doing all you can do, and you can say that honestly to God, it's enough. It's enough. That's all God is calling you to do. He's not calling you to be rich. He's not calling you to run a church. He's not calling you to go on a mission field. All he's saying is, to the best of your ability, whatever that is, provide for your family. That's it. So I think, you know, a lot of times men, they use that as an excuse of, well, uh, you know, my wife's working, right? Okay, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with wives. My wife works. And and it's okay because we have things to talk about. Both of our kids are out of the house. I don't mind that one bit. But there's no way that I would ever let her take my responsibility of earning an income or working to the best of my ability for my family. That's not biblical. It's not what we're called to do. Proverbs 13.22, a good man, good man, leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. But the sinners, now look at that. The sinner's wealth passed to the godly. So a, a, on, one, on one hand, it's written that a good man does this behavior. But he doesn't say a bad man. He says a sinner, is his, his wealth is laid up for the godly. So I think it's, it's critical to see how important that God views man's role in providing for his family. So, Finally, if you want to be a man and lead your house to where it becomes godly and lead your house like you're called to do, be a servant. 
be a servant like our Lord. Be a servant to God and His work. Be a servant to your wife and family. Be a servant to others. Be a servant to yourself. That sounds kind of funny, right? Be a servant to yourself. Well, if you don't set goals, if you don't have a priority, if you don't set objectives, if you don't have a, uh, something you're looking forward to, then you're just going to stagnate and you're not going to make much progress. And guess what? you got a spouse, maybe some children, and that's what you're teaching them. But if you go through those steps and if you truly make yourself a servant, you notice that came last on the list, right? Yeah, all others before me. And that is the role of a leader as a man in a godly house. So, conclusion, and I mean it this time, the reality is that building a godly home is work for all who are involved. Each member has a contribution to make. Our goal is to find out what that is according to God's Word and follow through. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Wow, malaman, ano? Malaman. So, I think we need to respond, you know, with some decisions. So if you're, kung ikaw ay nasa role ng kids, then you know, it's, yours is actually the easiest. Kala mo mahirap mag-obey, but actually, yan ang pinaka madali. Sumangayon ka lang. Magpasya ka na. I'm going to submit and obey my parents. That's my role in this season. Yan ang pinaka-best para sa success ng family. If you're the wife, alam mo naman yung role mo. You know? Become more beautiful. Starting inside. You know, develop the character of Christ. If you're the man, alam mo naman, ang dami dyan. Sana nag-take ka ng notes. Pero let's pray. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of families. Lord, we know that so many of our families have dysfunction, disappointment. But you're a God of restoration. You are a redeemer of our situations, our failures, the failures of others. So we pray that you would restore our families. And we know that you even put us in spiritual family. And so even in our spiritual family, ipakita po sa amin yung roles namin. Lord, to be like children before you, submitting and obeying. We are your bride. We are to become more beautiful as your glory shines on us. That we would be like fathers who would, we would care for and serve others ahead of our own agenda. We would be, um, we would clean ourselves up of all the filthy things. Just like you washed your disciples' feet. We ask you, wash our feet. Clean our walk. Help us, Lord, to be prepared as we go out. You can use us as a uh, to be prepared for any good work. And we would not miss out on those opportunities that you give to us to be used by you in your kingdom, to be a servant. 
So thank you, Father, for the richness of your word today. And let it translate into practical applications in our lives, our homes, the community, workplace, and in our church. That, Lord, we will see a radical revival of godly homes in this generation, in our own lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you.